After completing seven consecutive days at 100% time and range as a type 1 diabetic, I wanted to share with you the real side of what actually went through my head, including some anxiety, a lot of added stress, some uncertainty, and ultimately what this actually taught me about type 1 diabetes management and mental health, the, the crossover between them. So today I wanna to get into the reality of what it looks like to actually stay in range 100%. There's two different paths that you can take to get there, and the one path that I want to take moving forward that doesn't lead to burnout. If you don't know who I am, my name is Matt Vandevecht. I'm a type one diabetic. I'm also a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist. So yes, those things helped, but I wanna give you the secrets that allowed me to stay in range for so long and why I didn't continue doing it beyond eight days. So let's get into our theme song and then we'll jump into today's story. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type one diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. Today, I was uh, spending the day with my daughter, kind of a work-from-home kind of a day. There were some changes in my wife's plans, and I had the opportunity to hang out with Brooklyn all day. And if you don't know, I have a daughter. She's two years old and full of energy, uh, but I had a good chance to kind of sit down with my thoughts as well and just kind of think over the recent seven-day experiment that I ran, trying to stay 100% time and range for, I think it was 168 hours. It's a full week. And during that time frame, I actually made a video that I'll, I'll link at the end of this. But uh, in that video, I walked through the first couple of days where you know, accidental uh, using the 80-20 blood sugar formula. Those days just kind of happened. Then four or five days in, I realized I had it within my grasp that I, I might finally be able to achieve seven days in range. But you know what? We're going to go for it and really buckle down. Now, days six and seven were increasingly stressful as I got closer and closer to the finish line because I realized if I messed up now, it's gonna make me really frustrated. <laughs> and so there is a ton of added stress the last few days <clears throat> where I was constantly checking my blood sugars. You know, it went from checking every couple of hours to every hour to every 30 minutes and always just being ready for that last day at a moment's notice to take off and go for a run, to give some insulin, to eat some carbs. I had sugar at my desk on top. I was doing whatever it took and the reality is that that is not sustainable, right? And I know that because I actually lived my life like that for two years. See, many years ago, uh, I'll share the whole story in a different video, but many years ago, I had a near-death experience with type one in a different country by myself. It was terrifying and it, it kind of broke me mentally for, for a while. And during that phase of my life, I wanted to figure out diabetes and I was gonna do whatever it took to figure it out. And I obsessed over my numbers. And I, I recognize now how unhealthy that was and how unsustainable that was. But I know a lot of people think that the more effort you put into your diabetes, you just automatically get a return, right? And while there is some truth to that, you know, especially if you're sitting at, let's say 10 or 20 or 30% time and range, yeah, just being more aware of your blood sugars and checking in more often will probably yield some pretty fantastic results initially, right? 
But we get to a certain point where effort alone is no longer going to cut it. You have to have new strategies. You have to identify what's really going on behind the blood sugar fluctuations, right? And during that period of my life, I just I knew obsession was my key out. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is that there are two paths within blood sugars. And, uh, you know, the first one ultimately is effort alone. It's drive, it's determination, it's survival, right? You want to figure it out so that you can continue to survive. But there's a shift that happens in some people's mind where they realize that they've reached the peak of success with the effort-driven methods, uh, you know, the restriction-driven methods especially. And I fell under the same path as well. Uh, I restricted carbs. I was scared to give too much insulin and fear played a big role in a lot of my decisions. There was anxiety for the first time in my life, which I hated. I was never that kind of person. And all of a sudden, anxiety ran my life. Uh, or more appropriately, it was diabetes that ran my life through anxiety, right? I was nervous of going low and going out of range high and uh, just really recognized that it was uncertainty that I was afraid of. And when I think back to uh, all of the fear and decisions that were being made from anxiety, it was truly based in uncertainty. It was, am I going to go low? I don't know. Or if I was dropping, well, how far am I going to drop? Should I drink the juice box now or should we wait and see where this goes? And then, of course, the secondary fear, oh, I'm going to drink the juice box now. Oh, but then what if I have a rebound high and I go all the way back up to where I just came down from to work so hard from, right? It's the uncertainty that drove me insane. Now, during that period of time, I was checking off boxes, running experiments, doing my own research to limit the uncertainty and to start building actual certainty. And for me and my own mental health, that was the key for me to climb out of that deep, dark pit that I was in. And I want to be absolutely real with you guys. It was a deep, dark pit, like rock bottom kind of a thing. Um, I don't have time to go into that story right now, but it was one of the worst times of my life. Uh, now, that being said, I, I noticed hints of that during day seven. Not the depression, the anxiety, the scary thoughts, uh, more so the habits that surrounded by management. It was not healthy. Uh, I recognized that having you know the obsession return where I was ready to go for a run at a moment's notice. I was hyper aware of my blood sugars, counting every single carbohydrate that went into my mouth, watching for fluctuations. See, it was the effort and obsession that returned to my diabetes management. Now, that's not how I run my life nowadays, right? I use the 80-20 blood sugar formula because it allows me to lean on a blood sugar formula to not focus on diabetes as much. Like, that's the goal, right? To have blood sugars so well controlled that I don't have to focus on them all the time. And so I found myself regressing back into this obsessive kind of management style, and I didn't like it. And so, uh, you know, I found myself ultimately making a deal with myself that, hey, once you cross seven days, you're going to let this go. You're not going to hold on to it forever because this is not realistic and uh, your habits are are not ideal. <laughs> you're, you're falling back into some bad patterns. And I did. On day eight, I uh, found myself excited 
at the possibility of going out of range. I was ready for it. Uh, and that's because I didn't want the pressure anymore. And I didn't have the pressure. I made it seven days, 100% time and range. I did the thing I set out to do many years ago. And I could finally let it go. And I think with diabetes, we don't have that opportunity very often to just breathe, to just be, to exist, right? Without worry, without uncertainty. So for me, a big part of my own journey with mental health and diabetes was developing more certainty with my diabetes management so that I didn't have to worry about the what ifs quite as often, right? It was no longer, am I going to go low? It's, I know exactly where my blood sugars are going to end because I have a formula. And it was no longer, is this meal going to push me out of range? Because I already know the answer. I know how far it's going to go up and it's going to come back down. I know that if I messed up my timing because I have sometimes poor self-control when there's delicious food in front of me, well, I know how to bring it back down. I know the steps that are necessary in order to give myself the best shot. So could I stay 100% time and range for more than just one week? Probably. I'm not going to. Uh, It's just not worth it to me. And then we have uh, a lot of different ways to think about this, but one of the biggest questions I want us to ask ourselves ultimately is what do I want life to look like with diabetes? And I actually had this conversation with a client of mine today, earlier today. Uh, I took a, a quick little break from my daughter. To be fair, I gave her the screens. Don't judge me. <laughs> I needed to hop on, on a call with my client. But in this conversation with my client, it was a fantastic discussion. And they mentioned how their dietitian many years ago had said, you must eat XYZ carbs. Okay, I'll just give you the numbers. You must eat 45 to 60 grams of carbs per meal. And snacks between meals are 15 grams of carbs. That is how you manage your diabetes. And I thought, oh, no. I hate that you were told that. And he goes, no, no, no. I've been following you, Matt, for a while on your YouTube, your podcast. I know that that's not the answer. That's not the end all be all. Okay. And I was like, okay, thank God. <laughs> Let's talk, you know, strategies, right? But he had mentioned, uh, you know, this, this chat with the endo and with the dietitian and all these different people trying to help him manage his diabetes. They would give him instructions on this is what it looks like. And he thought to himself, well, what if I don't want that many carbs? I said, stop. That is exactly the question we need to be asking ourselves is what do I want this to look like? What do I want my diet to look like? What do I want my exercise to look like? What do I want my management style to look like? Uh, Do I not mind checking in every hour to check on how things are going, right? Collecting data. Do I like Excel sheets? Uh, Or do I want it to be more relaxed where I check in at mealtime and that's it. I just wait for alarms to go off, right? For different people, there's different strategies that are required. So it's helpful to stop and think about what do I want life to look like? And for this client, I said, do you want to eat 45 to 60 carbs? He was like, no. I was like, cool. Well, what do you want to eat? Let's build some strategies around that, right? And I told him, I was like, I love this part of the discussion because I get to break some false beliefs. It's like, just so you know, I consume hundreds, there's an S on the end, hundreds of carbs per day. Now, most of my meals are at least 100 carbs, right? And I stay stable and I stay in range and I'm still here, right? Like there's, there's ways to build your strategies around the lifestyle that you want. So for you listening or watching this, I want you to think about this. One, what does my body require of me in order to maintain optimal health? 
Okay, so there are people who might have celiac or thyroid disorders or uh, allergies or even just food preferences, right? So talking about food alone here, there's lots of topics to think about with this. But uh, the first one is, what does my body require of me to achieve optimal performance or health or uh, longevity, right? But the second part is, what is realistic that I will actually enjoy, Right. Uh, I was initially told some pretty restrictive strategies when I was first diagnosed and I didn't like that. So many, many, many years go by. I realized I don't have to listen to what my doctor says about every single thing because they don't usually get it. Right? They don't know what it's like to live with type 1 diabetes. So ultimately, we get to make our own decisions. Fancy that, right? So now I eat a ton of food, which is good because I'm also a triathlete and so I need to fuel up. Imagine if I had to restrict myself to just 45 carbs. Here's a crazy example. On my last workout yesterday I did uh, just under 21 miles on a bike which is kind of mid-range. I need to get that a little bit higher but all that aside I consumed I think 105 carbs pre, during, and post-workout. Can you believe it? That's an entire meal that I consumed without having to give insulin because I was burning so much energy. So if I was going by these outdated rules that I had been told, oh, only 15 grams of carbs for a snack or for exercise, or oh, only 45 or 60 grams of uh, carbs for a meal, well, add all of those together and I consumed more than that just at one exercise. And then I went home and I ate breakfast, which also had a ton of carbs right? So I want you to really think about that. What's best for my body and what is what I want to do? What do I want to eat? How do I want my life to look like? And the crossover between those two is where the magic happens, right? And that's the strategy that you want to build your diabetes management around is I want to live a good life, like healthy wise, but I also want to enjoy life. So health and happiness crossover, build your strategies for that crossover, if you hate the way that you have to eat, if you're living in restriction, if you're depressed or anxious or sad, think about that. How do I want my life to look, right? Like that is so impactful uh, on, on the outcomes of our life. And I really want you just to ponder that for a minute. What do you want your life with diabetes to look like? It doesn't have to look like full of anxiety or full of depression. Uh, now, sometimes those are a separate thing, but if those are induced by diabetes, like they were for me, where my blood sugars had caused me to struggle mentally, like bad, right? And I had to learn strategies to cope with that. And for me, like I said, certainty played a huge role in that. Once I knew where blood sugars were going to go and how to predict them and stabilize them with the blood sugar formulas, that was very helpful for me right? Because I no longer had to worry about the what ifs quite as often. So for me, that was a path that worked, but you got to decide that for you, you know, and figure out what is going to work for your life. So I want you to ponder that today. So ultimately with my diabetes, I found myself at a crossroads at that seventh day of the time and range challenge, but also many years ago where I realized if I had less fun, I would have more control, right? And then there's also the opposite effect where you have less control and more fun. You're more impulsive. You don't take care of your diabetes. But we want to find, like I was saying, the crossover between those. I want to be healthy and happy. I don't want to live restricted. I want to actually enjoy my life. And you have to find that balancing point, right? Uh, a lot of people take a lot of my trainings 
and they'll say, well, does this apply to everybody? And the answer is no. Uh, it changes with the context of each individual and each individual situation at that time. So you ask somebody who is very disciplined uh, what their recommendations are, they're going to say you should rest and actually take time off. But you go to somebody who's lazy, right? You can't tell them to rest and take time off. You have to tell them to get off their butt and be disciplined. So it really depends on what you are going through. And oftentimes it's a bit of the opposite, right? If I'm too disciplined, I need rest. If I'm too lazy, I need hard work. I need to find the balancing point for my own lifestyle. So healthy and happy, do you want to focus more on control or more on happiness? Both, right? But you got to find the balancing point. If you find yourself too far on one side, life is unbalanced. On day seven for me, I was too far on the control side. That day, I was on edge the whole day. Right, my wife is like, "Geez, take a chill pill." You know, I'm like, I have to nail this because this is the seventh day. If I screw it up now, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> but that's not long term. You need to find the balancing point. So, last point I want to make here is that effort alone will typically drive improvement, but it can also drive you insane. And for me, it did. Uh, I recognized many years ago when I was doing my experiments after that near-death experience, uh, which was actually from a low blood sugar. Terrifying. Anyways, um, what I had learned is that more effort will get me to where I want to go, but I had built essentially a diabetes prison around me, right? Where I was like, I have to check in with my blood sugars. Can I go for a walk? Can I go for dinner dates with, uh, you know, well, my wife, but <laughs> I was going to say with friends, you don't go on dinner dates with friends. Uh, can I go hang out with my friends? Can I go? I actually said no to a free trip to Portugal. Can you believe that? I was so fragile at that point that I said, yeah, I don't know if it's worth trying to figure out blood sugars traveling all the way back to Europe. Uh, and for some context, the near-death experience actually happened in Europe. It happened in Paris. Uh, I was in a very small town outside of Paris, actually. They didn't speak any English. I thought I was going to die. Nobody knew how to help me. It was terrifying. Um, I still get the shivers when I tell the story in its completion. So uh, anyways, the point that I want to leave with you is that Yes, effort and drive and determination are all things that I think a lot of people could benefit from. But if that is your only strategy to get blood sugars in check is just to try harder, you might put yourself at an increased risk of burnout. I felt that on day seven. I felt the return of little bits of anxiety, of uh, you know, performance anxiety, I suppose, as well. It's just like, well, I need to do this. It has to happen. And part of that's because I'm telling people on the internet that I'm going to do it, right? So it's like, oh, I can't let people down. I got to show them it's possible. But if effort alone is what's driving your strategies, it will drive you insane. And with diabetes, that can look like burnout, which can lead into an opposite effect. And the part that I wanted to complete this whole episode with is that life finds a balance. You push too hard, you're going to burn out and it's going to go the opposite direction. You're going to lose control. And sometimes it doesn't end well either. Well, it often doesn't. So find the balancing point, decide what you want to work towards uh, and realize that yes, hard work is great. Effort is great, but it's not going to be the only way that you get to your result. Typically, it requires a new strategy or a new perspective or a new uh, method that's going to be used, right? Because nothing changes when nothing changes. You can work as hard as you want, but if you keep uh, you know, knocking on the wall instead of on the door, the door is never going to open. 
right? Because you're knocking on the wall. You're knocking on the wrong part. So uh, figure out where you might need a shift. You know, Feel free to ask for help. Use the comments here. I would love to see what kind of questions you guys have. Maybe I can make some content around other pieces that maybe for you are filled with more uncertainty. And hopefully we can start building out these blood sugar plans together and, uh, and get this thing all figured out. So that's my goal for you, just to figure out what you want your diabetes to look like in life, where you get to be healthy and happy. Find that crossroad, it's a beautiful thing once you get there. Uh, and that story that I mentioned, that near-death experience I had from a low blood sugar that ultimately kicked off the entire journey of mine to develop what's now called the 80-20 blood sugar formula, you can go hear the whole story uh, where I get into like the craziness of it and some pretty hairy emotional roller coasters. I'm already getting kind of emotional just thinking about it. Uh, you can get that. It's a, a story, but also a training where I, I show you a bit more of what I learned tactically with the blood sugars. You can find it at diabetesinaction.com. That's what I had to do is to learn how to live my life again with diabetes in action, you know, not just be restricted in a box depressed and anxious. So you can go check it out, diabetesinaction.com. I want this to also serve as an encouragement to you that you don't have to feel alone with diabetes. Uh, in fact, if there are comments on this, know that everyone else in the comment section also gets it, also understands that diabetes is tough and it is an invisible disease that most people never even recognize we have to deal with until it gets really out of hand, right? then no one wins. So anyways, I'm grateful you're here. I hope this video is helpful. If it was, share it with somebody you think might benefit from it. And at the very least, leave a comment, hit the like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff to let me know if this is the kind of stuff that's helpful for you. So uh, be sure to check out that training slash story, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your week and keep up the fight.